Are you ready to get your sports banter on? Brian Hemminger, love child of Albert Einstein and Howard Cosell, with a body chiseled by Zeus himself. Brandon Sharples, a man who could beat Mike Tyson. In a spelling bee, together they form the At Odds Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, March 5th, and we have an excellent episode of the At Odds Podcast in store for you today. I'm your host, Brian Hemminger. Today, we'll be talking the NFL Combine. We'll be talking UFC 222, and then whatever the hell else crosses our minds. So without further ado, hopefully with no technical issues, I am bringing aboard my co-host, Silky smooth Brandon Sharples. Brandon, how you doing tonight, man? Pretty good, man. Can you hear me? Oh my goodness, you sound you so silky smooth. Silky smooth. Oh, so- Jesus, you had me thinking I wasn't on. Yeah, I just had you on. <laughs> Am I on or not? Am I You're good? You're on. We're good. All right. I just <laughs> gotta talk here. I don't know. I you know, I'm gonna you just you know, we weren't connected about five seconds ago, so Yep. Um yeah, man, what's going on? What do you have in store for us today? Yeah, it's been a crazy week. Uh, yeah, today though we'll be talking UFC 222, NFL Combine. Uh, a lot of lot of interesting stories, especially with that Combine. I'm seeing stuff all over the place. So we, I figured we'd definitely start there. But before we get into that, let's just talk briefly about what's been going on with us uh, the past uh, week or so. I mean, we ended up not having a show on Thursday. Uh, for me, I was covering the carry uh, sectional final game, and actually, Oak Harbor played the game before them. Um, so I got to watch the end of the Oak Harbor game. Watch Oak Harbor just massacred whoever the hell they were playing. Um, and then uh, Carrie and Oak Harbor are going to duke it out in their next uh, game in districts. So that's pretty sweet. That's that'll nice. be on Thursday. And Oak Harbor is looking Great. real good, man. Like. If they beat Cary, it's almost certain that they're going to regionals because it's Huron. Huron upset Upper Sandusky, the number one seed. Huron was the eight seed. Like they had like eight wins on the whole season. They were like eight and eighteen, or eight and like sixteen, and they beat here. They beat Upper Sandusky, and Oak Harbor massacred them during the regular season. So yeah, it's. Like basically, the game on Thursday is going to decide the the district champion. Nice man. Yeah. And, yeah, I uh, went to I went to uh, I, went, I haven't been to a high school basketball game in forever. Mm-hmm. They're favorite, fun, man. They're fun. Yeah, I I I I went to my first high school football game in years this year because of the school my son goes to. We went to the state finals, Eastwood. And I went to a couple other playoff games, and uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. I liked it. I, I know uh, you job. were pretty they busy this weekend, too, right? Yeah, I went to uh, I went to Delaware, Ohio, and ooh, what's this? Nice. Anyway, I went to Delaware, Ohio, and I went to this place called the Flying Pig, which is like a cool little bar, kind of a smaller bar in Delaware, Ohio, and. I got, they have a bunch of cool, like, 
different kinds of beers, a lot of IPAs, a lot of dark beer, um, like a lot of high alcohol content, like, you know, 9.4, uh, you know, 8.6. Like you, you bu- I had a bunch of them in the nines and eights and I think we had a 10 in there and I tried a bunch of different ones and reviewed them. And it was more along the lines of me just talking about the beer, reviewing them a little bit, but more along the lines of like the big group of people we were, we just talked, you know, I had a good time, talked a lot and, you know, we're going with, uh, you know, just going with basically an open flow, say whatever you want and we're going to film and edit it and make something out of it. You know what I mean? So we got some food, like some of these, these poutine fries. You ever had poutine fries? Yeah, they're fucking they're like delicious. Fries like, yeah, well, they had the best poutine fries I've ever had in my life. I scored them 9.5 out of 10, which is best, basically <laughs> the highest score I'm going to give because I don't give 10 out of 10 unless it's like pretty much godlike. So, I uh, yeah, I gave it a 9.5. I mean, I would drive down there just to eat that shit. It was that good. And then and that it was pretty awesome. And I reviewed that and had my brother talk about some stories of him with an Asian massage parlor, <laughs> talking about getting jerked off by an old lady. That was pretty interesting. We'll get that in the video. He was drunk. I don't. He, you know what? He consented to all this, so he's gonna have to deal with me listing all the shit that he did that he said. So that was pretty sweet. Um, I had a good time, man. I got drunk and I haven't been drunk in a in a while. I, I kind of quit drinking. And then I just, you know, I, I wanted to start reviewing beer and, and drinks and everything. So I'm, now I'm drinking again, but not much. I'm only going to be drinking when I'm filming. I, I don't really get hammered too often anymore. But yeah, it was it was a hell of a time. My niece just turned 18. That was pretty crazy. So I was already down that way for her birthday. So yeah, man, it was awesome. Then I watched some of the combine. I watched, uh, I also watched the Big Ten Wrestling Championships. And watched nice. Ohio State I saw that Big uh, Ten Championships. right? Yeah, Kyle Snyder got revenge on Michigan's heavyweight Adam Kuhn, who was outweighs him by like 65 pounds. Sometimes it might be even more on match night. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty awesome. So I watched that. I'm a big college wrestling fan, as a lot of the people that know me know, but probably nobody that doesn't know me know that. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I want to start co- covering some wrestling if I, if you know, if we get a little bit bigger, give it some exposure because you know they they don't have a lot of exposure with the major sports networks, you know. So it'd be pretty cool. Outside of like the Big Ten and ESPN, you know, ESPN will uh, film like the NCAA championships. But other than that, they don't give it too much thought throughout the year. So I thought we'd go with that. Pretty good. It should be cool, man. So, but I awesome. like the combine, man. Combine, combine was fun. Some some interesting storylines this year. Some overrated players. But yeah, did you did you watch any of the combine? Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't, like, just sit down and just watch dudes work out for, like, hours. But uh, I saw a bunch of the highlights, and I followed up on, like, who stood out, who disappointed. Um, So I figured we'd talk about some guys that impressed us or uh, any standout performances that you saw or maybe who who rose their stock a lot with their combine performance and maybe uh, who shit the bed. Yeah, I want want to hear your thoughts on that first, Uh, I'm actually going to pull up some stuff here for you guys. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm going to start with the obvious. I mean, I don't know if the guy's going to get drafted, but he put himself like all over the sports uh, landscape this weekend. Uh, Shaquem Griffin, the dude, a linebacker out of Central Florida. Um, I mean, his brother's in the NFL already, but 
Yeah, he does not have a hand. And he put a prosthetic on and then fucking well, he has a hand, out. Dude. He Hold on. Brian, yeah. he's got a hand. Yeah. He doesn't have no hand. He's got one hand. He has one hand. He only has one hand, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're like, he doesn't have a hand. Like, he's running out there with nubs. Like, when people... Well, he's, he's got one nub. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he put on a prosthetic and then blasted 20 reps of the 225 pounds on the bench press and then sprinted a 4.38 on the 40. What the fuck? That's apparently the fastest time ever since they started like tracking uh, the stuff televised in 2000, what, seven? It's the fastest of I think, any linebacker ever. Six for a linebacker for 2000. Yeah. I think 2006 was the last linebacker that ran that, ran that time. That is yeah, so it's been a long time over I, I hope, I hope somebody takes a shot on him. I mean, I, I know too. the, the one thing hand I, and everything, but man, that'd be so sick. Well, that's a, like, I mean, they already the cool got thing. the like, one dude on the Giants with like two fingers because he yeah. blasted them off with fireworks. So, yeah, no, why um, not? But uh, I thought that um, I, I didn't know how to take him because. Obviously, he had a good combine. His numbers are really good. But at the end of the day, um, I think that he has one hand, man, and that's going to eventually be a problem. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I know that. I know like, it wasn't a problem like in college, and he was like one of the best. He was like defensive player of the year, and he had like uh, you know his first team all conference on that shit. I get that, but dude, like he has one hand, and and he's not big enough to be a defensive end in the, in the NFL. So he's gonna have to run like he's gonna have to run like a three four defense and he's gonna have to be a linebacker probably and not not he he played a lot of defensive end in college and I don't think that uh he's gonna be able to intercept the ball a lot. You know, I mean he's gonna be missing picks and I think that he's gonna be missing tackles. You know, you can't not miss tackles, you know what I mean? When you only have a when you have one hand, you're gonna miss tackles. And you got beasts in the NFL, the best players in the in the entire world are playing in the NFL and I think at the end of the day um, I'm rooting for him. I have no, I have no interest in him failing. I think it'd be awesome if he proves me wrong. It's one of those cases where I want to be wrong. You know what I mean? But I don't think I'm going to be wrong on this. I don't, I don't think that he's going to be able to keep up in the NFL. I think he's fast as shit. I think he's strong. Obviously, he's got a great story. I'm rooting for him. But you're going to be missing tackles. You're going to be missing picks. Um, you know what I mean? Like say, you know, where you get, uh, say there's a play where he has to dive out with one hand and catch the ball, right? You know, or there's a tip, and he, like the only way he's gonna catch that is if he, the only 10% chance he has, or you know, you see like defensive backs, you see, you see, uh, you know, linebackers tip balls, you know, catching it with one hand, you know, diving to catch it and get the interception. It's not that far fetched of a scenario. It happens every fucking game almost. You know what I mean? So what happens if that's his nubs the closest hand? He's not gonna catch it. You know, so it's, yeah. I think there's limitations there that you just can't ignore. It's a great story. I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he wins, but so I don't know, man. I yeah. thought that was it. Uh, uh, I thought that was. It reminds me. I, I, I... Oh. Yeah, go go ahead, man. Yeah, it reminds me of a dude named Nick Newell. Have you ever heard of him? No. MMA fighter, but he mm-hmm. doesn't. He didn't have a hand. He has like a nub on one of his hands, and. Yeah, 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 he could like elbow people and shit with his nub. Well, he can hit, he can um, club him, he can club him with the nub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's re- what, what was amazing was 
Like he came from a wrestling background and he fought in the lightweight division and he made it all the way to the world series of fighting and started his career 11 and 0 finished everybody but one that he faced. I mean, granted they were protecting him a little bit, but then he got a real fight against Justin Gaethje, who I think, you know, uh, I mean, he, yeah. Just he just fought Eddie Alvarez in a freaking barn burner, and then before that he fought Michael Johnson and knocked his ass out in in the UFC. I mean, and and Gaethje was the undefeated World Series of Fighting lightweight champ at the time, and Gaethje just kept blasting him with uh, hooks over uh, Newell's nub that he couldn't block, um, and I mean he just eventually TKO'd him in the second round, and I mean it just looked bad. At, because he just yeah. couldn't defend against what Gaethje, like actually having a game plan against him and not being able being able to stuff takedowns and forcing him into prolonged stand-up exchanges when he couldn't defend himself. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, it was such an inspirational story and I've interviewed the dude and like, and, 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 the, and everything you did about this guy was amazing. But I mean, the second that he started getting his ass kicked in the one fight, I mean, it just all changed. Like, you're like, oh, this this isn't cool. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the so. thing, man. Like, I think that's going to happen with, with this guy. I think that, you know, he'll eventually be exposed for the – he's not a fraud. I'm not calling him a fraud. But he's going to be exposed for the disabilities that he has. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, that's just going to be the situation. If I'm wrong, again, that's awesome. Cool. I'm wrong. And he oh, gets yeah. to live his dream. And I'm he rooting for him, for sure. I've talked. I've always told you guys that I love success, man. It's nothing about that. You know, it's just, uh, you know, I just don't believe it. So, another player that I think is overhyped is Josh Allen. I watched him throw at the combine, and yeah, the dude's got an absolute cannon. But I'm telling you what, man. Multiple times on those deep throws that he's supposed to be hitting, he he underthrew him, and and then like he'll come back and cock back and throw the ball again, like, and he and, and he'll correct himself. But there were some times where he was throwing behind receivers. Um, you know, he was he was missing on the deep throws. He was missing on the cross routes, like throwing behind them. And I just think that he has like a 56% completion percentage in his in his college career with Wyoming's schedule. And I, I think that he's just a bust, man. His footwork looks like shit. Um, he's just a big arm. That's it. And they keep talking about his generational arm. When you want to know something – you don't even need that arm that much. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's unnecessary um, in, in, in regards to, like, other player, players like uh, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen who don't have as strong of an arm, but they have beyond an adequate arm for the NFL, and, all, and they can make all the throws. You know what I mean? All you, you need a player that has a good enough arm to make all the throws. You don't need a player that throws it 105 miles an hour, you know, 85 yards on the fly. And but you know it's constantly behind the receiver, constantly missing routes, and that's what he does. And he, he's not going to be good in the NFL. I'm telling you right now, he's he's no he's no better than a guy like Osweiler. Like he's really not. Like I'm telling you right now, I, I'm giving no love to Josh Allen, none. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, whatever. But I I, I have I don't like anything about him other than the fact he can throw a mile. But I don't like anything <laughs> else about him. Like. They're talking about like his, his combine. Um, he said his shit compares compares up to Carson Wentz's uh, like metrics and stuff. Uh, but that doesn't matter because Carson Wentz is 
a fucking baller, and he has a higher completion percentage than Josh Allen could ever probably ever have. And he played at a high level in the NFL. So until Josh Allen shows me that, don't compare him to, you know, to Carson Wentz at all. And I think Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson um, all looked good compared to Josh Allen. I thought they all three threw better than Josh Allen. And my main man didn't throw, so uh, Darnold didn't throw at the combine. I thought that was a mistake. He says he wants to throw at his pro day. He just thought it was best for him. I don't think so because – it's so tight to uh, who gets the number one pick, like who's going to be taken number one overall. I think, I think you need to take every opportunity to separate yourself from your peers. And I think maybe he just didn't feel com- that he could do that. Maybe that, that's one of, that was one of the reasons why he didn't throw. Maybe he thought that he wasn't going to separate himself enough and that the risk wasn't worth the reward. And maybe he's right. But uh, I, I thought that he definitely, um, I thought he definitely should have threw, but he ran, he ran. Okay. Um, but I, I think the best player, obviously, was Barkley. That you know, his yep. measurables were absolutely I was, insane. I was going to say Barkley because I was going to say, speaking of number one pick, Saquon Barkley, maybe. Yeah, there's a couple of people that want him to be a first round pick. That I just don't want him to be first round pick just because they're dumb. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think uh, I don't know about taking him number one, man. I don't know. I truly don't. I think that uh, he's a running back, and there's another reason that I don't know if you want to take him number one, and that is um, based on the fact that he had a couple games where he disappeared last year. Yeah. Don't you think? And um, he's not even the best running back prospect in the last three years. Like, I think Zeke – is way better than him. Zeke never disappeared in games. He only reason he did disappear is because Urban Meyer didn't hand him the fucking ball. So like I think mm-hmm. that it was more along the lines of Urban Meyer didn't give give the rock to, to Zeke enough that but Barkley got the ball constantly. He was touching the ball in every you know facet of the game. Like he was get returning kicks, receiving, uh, you know, running obviously. And he had games where he was averaging like two point four yards a carry. You know what I mean? He disappeared against some pretty mediocre teams throughout the season, and I thought that down the stretch he just faded. That's, he didn't even get invited to the to the like he didn't even get invited to the freaking um to the or to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. If that mm-hmm. doesn't tell you something, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna take a number, a number one pick with Saquon Barkley. I'm sorry, I'm really not. If the Browns want to take somebody else at number one, and then maybe. Ch- trying to hope he falls before, which he's not going to, but he may. Look at the two teams behind them. They both need quarterbacks, and, and it's, it possibly could happen. But I don't know about taking a running back because i got to tell you, he is not as good as Reggie Bush. He's just not. You don't think he's as good as Reggie Bush? Look, no. Are you serious? Did you watch Reggie Bush in college? That guy was a monster. He yeah, won the Heisman. So small. Barkley's not even that big. He's only six foot zero. He's, he's two thirty three, but he does. He don't look two thirty three. He don't look two thirty three. He looks tiny. Reggie Bush was. By still, the way, we're still the. Bush is six foot zero. Bush is six. I, foot. I, I just I, I felt like looking something up just to show that you know how good a prospect can be can change over time. 
What do you think Ezekiel Elliott was when Ohio State recruited him? I don't know. I know he came from Missouri. He's like a four-star. Yep. Yep, he was a four-star. I don't know much else. Where do you think rivals had him nationally, and where do you think they had him at the position? Nationally, he's probably like like 105 is 110 in position he was probably like 14 close yeah 84 and 12 yeah i'm not surprised i'm really not but uh i i think that uh zeke is just uncomparable in this draft i, I don't see any running back that compares to him and i know that you, you got kamara who was like a late pick and there's, people are saying, well, you know, he dominated the NFL this year and, and Barkley's better than him. Yeah, but he also dominated the NFL in a system made for him. You can't just send Barkley to any team and have him dominate. I don't feel like he's an everyday, every down pound back. I really don't think he is. Do you think he is? I don't know if I the think- Brown, the Browns, the Browns have Duke Johnson, and I, I know that. People forget how good Duke Johnson is a monster. Yeah. I, I am a huge fan it. of Duke Johnson. I mean, the only concern I have with Duke is his concussions, but I mean, he can flat out ball. Like he, He's been great with the Browns, too. He just needs help. <laughs> like he, he was a consistent fantasy performer for me in the PPR leagues last year, every season. But, uh, well, let's get back to some players that, that really stood out. Um, who was it? There was a receiver that I was really impressed with. Uh, DJ Chark, I think. He ran like a 4.3, had a 40-inch yeah, burst. Yeah, out of he LSU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six foot three, 200 pounds. Like, he's got all the measurables. He probably boosted yeah. his stock a shit ton. Yeah, but he's a deep threat. Like, he's no... He's no, uh, he can't run routes very well. Not a he's like unpolished. It, no, he's really unpolished and like, uh, yeah, he, he's unpolished. And he also didn't have a, a QB to throw in the ball in college either, really. You know, they don't throw the ball very well. And, uh, yeah, not, I, yeah. not really much at LSU now. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't really think that, uh, that he's going to be anything special unless you plan on having him run deep routes like Mike Wallace all the time. And he's not even on Mike Wallace's level yet. You know, he's a project. So I wouldn't be taking him in the, I wouldn't be taking him in like the second round. I mean, he's more like a third, fourth round pick, but you know, I'm sure some teams is going to overplay over pick him, and he'll probably go in the second round or something like that. There is a guy from Maryland, DJ Moore, that was really good. He's six foot, two hundred and ten pounds, and he's a, he would be he ran a four four. He'd be a pretty nice size slot receiver, and uh, but he's super like he's dynamic as shit after the catch. Like he he makes play, plays, he makes people miss. Um, he's kind of like Diggs. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Diggs from from uh, from when he went to Maryland. And he went in the sixth round and tore shit up, obviously now. So he's pretty sweet. Um, and then uh, guys. Is that how you say his name for LSU? I always, I always, I always fuck this up. Darius Geis, Guise, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. He's the one that got really hurt this year, but he's a preseason like Heisman top five preseason. Mm-hmm. He's pretty, he's pretty tough. He ran like a four four nine, 
in the 40. He looks smooth, but he's uh he's really tough. He's smash. He's a smash mouth running back. Um, he's something. He's a late flyer. I would take too, but I never really. I don't know, man. I don't. I'm not really excited about this draft too much. Just the quarterbacks. I, I don't know. Not even the quarterback, or just Rosen, <laughs> or Darnold. I mean. I don't know. I just nobody really stood out this year. Do you remember like the Heisman race was like so wide open for a while before Baker mm-hmm. came out and you know started talking. Well, I, you know, I think the Heisman race was out. so open because a lot of the best quarterbacks were on shittier teams. Yeah, but like you know, no nobody really took over the season, and even defensively, like I don't know, there was really never that freak player. You know what I mean? That like really stood out. You know, like we've had all those players in the past, like Casa Moyer and shit like that, that like really stood out and they're like the top defensive player coming out. But now it's like kind of like, I don't know, they talk about Mika Fitzpatrick and stuff like that, I guess. But I don't know. I never really thought he stood out much either. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about uh, losers of... in the draft. Is there anybody that like sucked complete balls that you're really disappointed with? Uh, Luke Falk, the QB from Washington State. Um, yeah. He looked like shit. He was throwing the ball all over the place. He he couldn't hit a receiver to save his life. He looked like ass. I think he, he honestly probably dropped to fifth or sixth round because he looked so bad. He's slow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was looking he was looking to have a good good combine that could possibly have like, jumped him up to the second or third round, and he just did really fucking bad. He did really bad. But the one that, that sticks out to me the most was um, uh, that Orlando Brown, that tackle from Oklahoma. Uh-huh. He ran a, a, he ran a 5.85 uh, 40. It's the, <laughs> That's pretty which, cool. Which, which, I think which, I could yeah, run that. Which, yeah, it's the fifth slowest uh, at the combine in the last 15 years. And all the players that went, that were slower than him didn't even get drafted. And he also um, – he only did 14 on the bench press. That's yeah. pathetic for an offensive lineman. Yeah. yeah. And he and he like looked really bad in all the drills, like super slow. And, uh, yeah, he was an All-American too. So, yeah, he looks like shit. And I think that, um, you know, he was playing in the Big 12. They got the air raid offense. I, I, I don't know. I think that maybe he's exposed a little bit because he looks terrible. I know, like uh, – Game tape should be more important than these measurables, but at the same time, there's a certain threshold that you need to be above, in my opinion. To you can't be getting 14 bench press when you're attacked. You can't be, you know, almost six seconds on the 40. That's fucking slow. That's super slow. And he looks so bad on all the drills. His his vertical is horrible. So yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things about him that I I wouldn't draft him. That's for damn sure. And uh, I don't think – I don't really remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what the hell? Uh, oh, yeah, that, that USC running back, Ronald Jones, mm-hmm. he uh, he tweaked his hamstring during the 40, and it didn't look too uh, – it didn't look too bad, but it, he didn't get to do a lot of the drills and stuff. He had to pull out of the combine. So it I might think, hurt his back uh, since he did. There was the dude from Michigan that um, their t- defensive tackle. I think he had like a heart condition, and that's gonna fuck somebody yeah. up pretty bad. Yeah, Maurice Hurst. They might. He yep, might not yep. get if he if he might not get drafted. They might. He might not have to play football. You know what I mean? 
Nobody's, yeah, that's, that's this has happened scary. before. I can't remember who it was, but somebody had a heart condition and basically had to retire. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was. I'll have to look that up. But uh, yeah, that's, I know there the was combine a was cool. Man. that had one in, in basketball. Yeah. Yeah, and he, like he, he, had, he didn't get drafted, remember? No, he did yeah. get drafted. And then they discovered it. <laughs> yeah, they called it after, right? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I do. Yeah. He did have to yeah, play him, so, but I mean, yeah. he never became like a big, you know, star or anything. He was just like a role player. Yeah. That's unfortunate, man. When those guys, they play their whole lives. They probably barely tried in college. Like, they, you know what I mean? They probably barely went to class. Then all of a sudden they got yeah. to, they got to fucking, uh, they got to like rethink their entire lifestyle. <laughs> so is it still a, a lock for you on what the Browns do with the first and fourth pick? Oh, it's never you, a lock. Up in the look. air after the combine. Let's talk about the Browns. I think that if you think that you should, they should draft AJ McCarron. You're stupid, and I'm actually directing this at a few people. Mean, so if you know you who I'm sign? talking to, yeah, that's what I meant. If they with they sign AJ McCarron, I don't I don't get the love at all. And I'm going to call you out on it. If you think they should take AJ McCarron, you're stupid. And I think you're just parroting what other people are saying. You don't actually know what the fuck you're talking about. And if you want to call in and talk to me about this, go ahead. But I don't really think that AJ McCarron should even be an option. Just because Hugh Jackson coached him, what the fuck does that even mean? What does that mean? You guys don't even know what it means. You're just parroting shit because you don't know what you're fucking talking about. You're like, take Barkley number one. Sign AJ McCarron, and we'll take like Fitzpatrick or somebody with the fourth pick. Yeah, okay, dumb fuck. Why? Nobody can ever explain this. Oh, he's Hughes's boy. Hughes loves him. You know, Coach Hugh loves him. Hugh Jackson's just just absolutely enamored with this guy. No, he's fucking not. If he was, he would have been starting in Cincy and not mediocre Andy Dalton. Two, when he got into the game. He had like six total touchdowns his entire fucking career. What about this guy makes you think that he is a quarterback you want to sit on your fucking team and, and take you to the playoffs? Because the Browns, is all, even though they went 0-16, have talent. They're one of those teams that can go from 0-16 to 8-8 eight eight in one year for sure. What makes you want A.J. fucking McCarron? You already have quarterbacks on the team that are as good or better. For real. I honestly mm-hmm. think that there's more talent on that team already than A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron is a weak arm. He has a weak arm. He's not running anywhere. What is he doing? Like, he, How do you know his leadership skills are good? He's never starting. So you don't know if his leadership skills are good. His arm strength is not that good. He hasn't shown anything. He's just been a backup quarterback since he got in the league and he has a hot wife. Like, he definitely honestly, has a hot honestly, wife. I don't see anything about A.J. McCarron to, That's the to, advantage. to make we people get, say we that. He's a hot wife in Cleveland. Yeah, go ahead. There's fucking I mean, so that, many people out there. That's the whole signing Joe Smith in, for the Indians, bringing, bringing a hot would wife you, why, if, why would you, the Browns not talk about foals? If you're talking about signing somebody instead of drafting a quarterback, why wouldn't you go after Nick Foles? He just won a Super Bowl. And outside of his, outside of playing in L.A., where Jeff Fisher completely limited every quarterback that ever went there, 
as shown by the fact that the three QBs that were recently on there, two of them were in the NFC Championship game, and the other one was a top four seed, top three seed. So, yeah, it's all Jeff Fisher that was fucking them up. Other than that, Nick Foles had a, an entire season where he killed it, 28-2. and two. And he was pretty decent the whole time he was there anyways. He's a lot better than anything the Browns ever had. Then he just won a fucking Super Bowl. And he looked really, I really guess, good doing it. I guess the main it. thing with Foles is you got to get him away from the Eagles, and he's still under contract. No, he is. Of course he is. But nobody's talking about going after him. You can definitely go after him. But why not? Why would you go after A.J. McCarron and pay him money? Yeah. And if, then you're if I'm the Browns, I sign a veteran that can, like, lead the team for one season while the guy you just drafted to become the man, like, learns. You don't want to lock a yeah. new, another quarterback up for, like, five years. That's retarded because you already got a rookie that you just drafted that's going to have, like, a rookie five-year deal. What about Deshaun Kaiser? Like, like why wouldn't they? One-year contract. Yeah, I don't, I don't get why. Uh, why wouldn't they just backtrack a little bit on, on um, Deshaun Kaiser, bench him this year, treat him like a rookie, and get a, a um, you know, get a veteran in there, play him next year, get get Deshaun Kaiser a little bit of time to just develop his game, get get a little tutelage, you know, learn from learn from somebody that's done it for you know a decade, and get him back in there in year three. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't understand why why everybody has such a one track mind. Like they always do things the same. Nobody ever is innovative in the way they do things. Deshaun Kaiser has the ability to be a decent quarterback. He's a little erratic, but he was thrown to the wolves right away for an 0-16 team. I think that he can he can do good on the bench and just come right back in year three. Instead, if you're not going to draft a quarterback, now if you want to draft a quarterback, draft Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen. Fucking draft any of them but Josh Allen. Josh Allen is not is the worst pick the Browns could possibly have. He's a fucking project that you hope pans out because his arm's crazy big. He's not polished. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not battle tested. He looks like shit in drills, in my personal opinion. Everybody thought he looked good because he had a cannon for an arm, but he, to me, he was under throwing people left and right. But they kept giving him a pass because he was, because uh, where other people were, were having to do, or were, were having to do like two step drops, like quick little on these like uh, quick little slants, these quick slants. He could do a three-step drop and just and uh, gun it in there. Like he, he got a little bit more time, and it was just shit like that. And I was like, okay, cool. But what about the deep ball that he just underthrew big time? It was so bad. He put so much arc on this deep ball that the dude, the receiver, literally had to turn around and like backtrack, like backtread and caught it, and then turn back around. It was that bad. And uh, yeah, he's the worst pick you can possibly have. Josh Allen's a terrible pick for the Browns terrible pick you need if you want somebody that you think is polished enough and josh rosen josh rosen is a good pick maybe at four maybe you can go barkley at one and josh rosen at four that's possible but i like sam darnold but i'm only giving these options if you don't like sam darnold right he didn't throw we'll see how he throws on pro day but if you don't like sam darnold don't take josh allen just take josh rosen for real and this whole like, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of posts. 
take Saquon Barkley number one, take uh, and then take Baker Mayfield at four. Like, oh my fucking god! What, what do you think about uh, the craziness well, that the the first pick is uh, willing to be traded? No. They'd actually uh-uh. do it. No. Why the Browns? If, dude, if I'm a Browns fan, they trade the number one pick. That I think that's grounds to allow Browns fans to leave and <laughs> and not call them bandwagon fans. You can't call them bandwagon fans. They stuck it out far enough. All the Browns do is trade, 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 and they don't get jack shit for it. They've made all these trades, and they went 0-16 last year. It's time to start taking the best players available and trying to make something happen. So if the Browns trade it, and all you Browns fans, the Browns trade number one pick, you have my respect, and you have my my blessing to change teams without anybody being able to call you a bandwagon fan. Just leave. Leave them. Because they obviously don't care to be winners, and they think they can stockpile, and, and I don't know what the hell they think if they're trading the number one pick. I don't know. They better get fucking – they better get Nick Foles and like a second rounder. That's what they better get if they trade that first round pick. Because Nick Foles is better than anybody that they'll get at number one right now. But, you know, so that's my take. If they're going to trade the number one pick, they better trade it to Philly. <laughs> and they better get more than just Foles for it. They better get like a second rounder at least or or like a future first rounder and Nick Foles. They better get, you know what I mean? They better get something for that number one pick. So, yeah, that's the only way I would trade that if I'm the Browns, if you're getting, like, an elite player that you would never be able to get in, in this year's draft. But I, I think right. the Browns are going to end up taking Barkley, which I personally think is kind of a mistake. You need a quarterback. You're not doing anything. You didn't even do what you're supposed to do with Duke Johnson, who's comparable at least to Saquon Barkley. He's not, the, he's not better than Saquon Barkley, obviously, but – he still he still came out of college a pretty fucking good player. He was like a Heisman dark horse. He did a lot of good for Miami. He had great combine numbers, and they haven't really done much with him. And I don't think Barkley's in every you know a third a three down back. I don't I really don't think so. And uh, so, although I kind of think the NFC North is or the AFC North is like kind of shitty. Like I know the Steelers are there, but I don't know how the Steelers went thirteen and three this year. I look at that roster, I'm like, outside of like Antonio Brown, I mean, they have the good and, skill position players, but yeah, yeah, but everybody else sucks. Their defense is garbage, like terrible. It's especially they want to work. Now with losing yeah, that one they want, yeah, they lost Shazier. You're a boy from Ohio State, but yeah, mm-hmm. like they 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 might have the worst defense I've ever seen for a thirteen win team. Their defense is garbage. So, yeah, I just don't think their defense is very good. I don't think Baltimore's defense is that great. It's better than the rest of the league, uh, division. But Cincinnati's run defense sucks. So, I, yeah, I think that uh, I guess it's a good division for Barkley to go to. Maybe he can, you know, make something happen with that division. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Take him, whatever. We'll see what happens. But I, I, I thought the uh, overall the combine was kind of boring outside of those, you know, those couple of players that made some buzz. Like the Shaquem Griffin and Barkley and and that uh, I like that DJ Moore from Maryland. So look out for DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is going to be a really good player. He's like that guy that I think that um, people don't probably know about very well, but he's going to make some noise in the NFL. He's going to be that guy that comes out and you're like, where the hell did he go to college? The answer is Maryland. (laughs) 
That's where he went. DJ Moore. Sweet. He's my dark horse to be the best receiver. Yeah. I think he's going to be the – he'll probably be one of the better – Calvin Ridley's the best receiver in the draft. But this DJ Moore could sneak up there and be right there with him, like, as his career progresses. So, yeah, that's my take on that. Who knows what the fuck the Vikings are going to do. Yeah. Well, Vikings are gonna we'll let's talk that, to that real quick. Our, yeah. Oh, what? I, I do want to talk. The Vikings are looking. The Vikings. They're probably gonna. They're looking like the team to beat to get Kirk Cousins. So, I'm a little torn on this. I've never been a Kirk Cousins fan, and I mm-hmm. think he's been pretty overrated. However, he's a gunslinger and he can make plays and he's better than anything that we have. I think Case Keenum had a, a nice season. Pat Shermer was his offensive coordinator and really brought the best out in him. He's gone. I think that Case Keenum is not going to reproduce those kind of numbers. I don't think that he's going to have a good year next year. I think he's going to have an okay year. And uh, so I'm not sold on him. And obviously the Vikings aren't either because they're not jumping at the chance to re-sign him. Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Shitwater to me, and he always will be. He throws the ball 10 fucking yards. He has an inflated completion percentage. He's not good. His deep ball is hilariously bad. Looks like I shot it out of the sky. Um, and Sam Bradford has twig legs, and you can snap them with your own hands. So all three quarterbacks I have no interest in keeping. And um, and they're, and we don't have any quarterbacks on, on – uh, signed of those three we have one that's like a practice squad quarterback we don't have we haven't we have none of those guys on contract so normally i would have been like oh no hell no don't overpay for kirk cousins the guy wants 90 million guaranteed for three years how but you know what i do like i like the fact that he wants a short-term contract that's like three years 90 million instead of paying him a five-year contract or a six-year contract for 150 million or 130 million. You know, I mean, these quarterbacks are getting crazy numbers right now. I, I let, I would pay him 30 million dollars a year for three years because if you're going to get production out of him, it's going to be those first two years and possibly a third. So you know, once he because he's already 30 years old, so once he falls off, once he starts falling off, it's going to be his contracts up anyway, right? So all you're doing is paying him and locking him in for the uh, for the years that he's probably going to be productive. And the fact of the matter is, the salary cap's supposed to be getting a bump. So theoretically, the Vikings will be completely fine if they pay him that ninety million for three years. They'll be completely fine. They're absolutely in a loaded team. They're one, they're basically a quarterback away from the Super Bowl. They they don't lose anybody of note. They have everybody returning. Everybody that matters is returning. All their Pro Bowl players are returning. Um, and they got people like Laquan Treadwell that can bust out next year. Uh, they got a couple of guys that can bust out next year. Delvin Cook's coming back healthy next year. And uh, the line's going to be really nice. And I think that right now I'm fully on board with paying Kirk Cousins $30 million a year. I'm more than okay with paying Kirk Cousins thirty million dollars a year. I think that do they, um, how much cap space pop, do they have? Can, a ton. They have great cap space. Are they are they the Browns? No, I know the Browns got a shit ton, and I I, I know San yeah, Francisco right. did Cousins didn't even like narrow the Browns into one of his options, even though they could pay him the most. Yeah, Jets Jets are trying to pay him the most. 
but he wants to go to a winner. He's even said that. I think he wants to, I think he wants to, you know, experience that playoff career. And the Vikings are a lot to go to the playoffs next year and win that NFC North. Hands down, I'll bet a million dollars on it. We are going to be NFC North champions next year. Um, Bears are terrible. Lions aren't very good. And Packers suck. Outside Aaron Rodgers, they have nobody on that squad right now. So uh, he'll go to the playoffs next year. That's almost a guarantee uh, unless something crazy happens, which I guess is possible. But I'd say 95%. He's going to go If he goes to the Vikings, he'll be in the playoffs next year. He's loaded with talent. He's surrounded by guys he can throw the ball to. He's got a great tight end to check down to. He's got a great running back, which he didn't have in Washington. Um, you know, he's got Diggs. He's got Thielen. Um, he's got, you know, whoever else they want to sign off season. And uh, they, they got some weapons for him. And a de- he's got defense that he's, he can ride on, which he didn't have in Washington. And, uh, yeah, the, guy, the guy's going to do well in Minnesota for at least a couple years. And that's all the contract he has. So I think it's great that he wants a three-year contract. He doesn't want a five-year deal. He wants to get as much money as he can right up front, guaranteed. And that works out for both parties. So if I'm the Vikings, man, I'm jumping on this as much as possible. Just Because this is this is what I was telling my brother the other day. And I was like, each team, you it goes in cycles, except for the obviously the Patriots are the only exception to this rule. But it goes in cycles. You have a very small window to win a Super Bowl. You have a really small window to win a Super Bowl. And you see teams that, that had that window and lost it and never won it. Like the like the 49ers, remember? I mean, they were right there. They had that small window to win it, and then they just fell off, and they became one of the worst teams in the league. Back in the day, it was the Panthers. Like even like when they had Jake Dell Holmes, they were loaded. They had a lot of talent on that team, they, and they had that small window. And Philly back in the day had a small window. They missed it. Now, obviously, they won this year, but they, they missed their window. I could name a bunch of teams that had that window. The Vikings had the window for a little bit back in, like, 2009, 2010. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that right now the Vikings have a bunch of young guys under contract and that are going to have to be paid in the near future that are we're not going to be able to keep all of them. And I think right now you have the most – perfect core you could possibly want right now your defense from literally from from the defensive line to the linebacker to the safety to the dbs you're just solid the entire way there's not a hole in the entire defense um and you're looking great at the skill positions and you got a, a top running back that's coming back is going to probably be a top 10 running back in the league now is the time to win the super bowl now is the time to overpay for a quarterback if you're ever going to overpay for a quarterback so a lot of teams that are desperate for quarterbacks, they're coming off like a four and twelve season. You know what I mean? Thirteen and thir- three and thirteen, shit like that. You don't see teams that are desperate for a quarterback that are thirteen and three coming off an NCAA title game, uh, NFC title game. You don't you don't see that often, right? So now is the no, time never. to jump at it. Yeah. So I'm like, don't overpay for players. I'm I'm against overpaying. I never quite understood that. I think in this this is this is an exception to my rule, my own rule that I have. I have no problem overpaying cousins, taking a shot because because of busting out, you still what were you going to do anyway? Resign Keenum, who's not as good as cousins, who doesn't have a track record outside of this year. He could be a one hit wonder. Right now is the time to take the time, overpay the fucking player because if he puts you over the hill, it was worth every penny, right? Finally bringing the Vikings to Super Bowl. You know, may happen. 
So I think I think the Vikings need to overpay and get Kirk Cousins. I won't say that often, but I'll overpay. I already watched my uh, I already watched my Texas Rangers miss their window, <laughs> and that, you know what I mean. So I don't want to see another one of my teams miss their window because once that window's closed, then you have to rebuild. Yeah, dude, don't tell me there. about it. I'm watching the Indians yeah. as that window's starting to close. Yeah. They've probably got Indians this are, year and maybe next year. Indians kind of remind me of the Rangers. They're deep in the bullpen. Rangers were super deep in the bullpen when they went to those World Series, and they had a couple good starters, and uh, and they and and they can fucking swing the bat. Indians and Rangers are not that much different, well, you know, compare in those comparative years. So yeah. yeah, I mean, you better get that now because if you don't win it this year, it might be might be closing. So yeah. Yeah, it sucks, dude. So, I don't want another one of my teams. Florida, you know, Florida's like rebuilding, and Vikings were rebuilding, and now we're there. We just need a quarterback, and the Rangers are back to rebuilding. And it's like, no, I'm ready, right? <laughs> I'm ready. So, yeah, go ahead and talk about UFC, man. I didn't watch any of the fights, none. Right. So, well, did you know anything about got, what was happening over the weekend? Like who was fighting? Yeah, I know or who fought. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I know who fought and everything. I just didn't watch it. I was busy doing like filming yep. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to do a brief touch up on a, a couple things that happened. Uh, there were three things I want to talk about. Uh, actually, four. Um, Chris Cyborg in the main event. It's almost a joke when she fights because they can't find her opponents. Like so far in yeah. her UFC run, you look at who Cyborg has fought. She's fought zero featherweights so far in her entire UFC run. She debuted at UFC. This is this was her fifth fight in the UFC. She debuted against Leslie Smith, absolutely massacred Leslie Smith in the first round. Then she fought Lena Landsberg, who is also a bantamweight, and Leslie Smith's a bantamweight who has actually fought flyweight before. Um. She massacred Lena Landsberg in the second round. Then she faced Tanya Evinger, and Evinger's a tough bitch and lasted until the third round, um, but still really offered nothing in terms of a threat to, to Cyborg. Then she fought Holly Holm, the former Bantamweight champ. Um, and Holm, yeah, she lasted the whole fight, but, I mean, she was very defensive, basically circling the whole fight, trying to counter Um I mean, it was a good, it was a pretty good fight, but still, I mean, I thought Cyborg clearly dominated it, uh, other than maybe one round. And then this last chick, Yana Kuniskaya, like three minutes got destroyed, and and it only lasted three minutes because Kuniskaya caught Cyborg, you know, napping and clinched and worked for a takedown early. Um, but. Basically, she's fought five people, and all five people she's fought are bantamweights. She hasn't even fought a featherweight yet. She's the best featherweight Ooh, fighter in the history of the sport, and they haven't matched her up against an actual featherweight. So like, these are all like smaller girls. And, and now they want the her fighter? to fight Amanda Nunes next, who is the bantamweight champ. Let her fight a fucking featherweight. So that, that's so my bantamweight smaller, right? Right? They're, yeah, they're 135. That's Ronda's weight class, and Cyborg fights 145. 
So it's like Nunez is fucking big. Uh, Max Holloway fought uh, T.J. Dillashaw. However, or, or if he fought Cody Garbrandt, you know, that's fucking unfair. Nunez, uh, Nunez is big though. She cuts I mean, a lot of weight, right? She's big. Of, she looked fucking I mean, she, big when she was Nunez, when she was fighting. Nunez uh, would have a chance just because of her speed and power. But still, like, I, like I just wish that UFC would match her up against featherweights, even shitty featherweights. I'd rather at least have Cyborg face somebody who's her own size yeah, that's a, that can match that her sucks, like, right? even closer. It's not a deep division, but like, there's a chick from Invicta, Megan Anderson. Like, she hits like a truck. Like, at least throw her in there. Um, you know, there are featherweights out there. They're just not matching them up against her. So, yeah. I don't know. It's frustrating, but I mean, I mean, Cyborg, they're trying to sell her as like a Ronda attraction, but at least Ronda was fighting the number one contenders every time and she was smashing them. I mean, I know that, you know, Ronda got exposed and everything, but you know, how can you even expose Cyborg if she's not even fighting like good featherweights (laughs) or any featherweights? Like, just think if, uh, if like Stipe only fought light heavyweights. Yeah. I mean, no, I know he's I about to it, fight man. a light heavyweight in Cormier, but at least Cormier was a heavyweight for a while. Um, but just, it's just frustrating. You know that, I don't know. So that, that's I get my it, man. Keep talking. Keep talking, movie. man. Get it, get it, get to it. I'd like to see the yeah. emotion out of you. <laughs> no, well, man. there's another uh, one. I, I think that, yeah, you, if you want emotion, you're going to get I, it on I, this next thing. It's hilarious. Hold on. I, I, let me say something about Cyborg. All right. I think you're just trying to feed her the best quality opponents they can instead of, like, feeding some shitty-ass 145 pounds. Yeah. Because – But basically, because it's like, that, here's your initiation to the UFC. Get fucking ass-fucked by Chris Cyborg, <laughs> and then now you can drop back down to Bantamweight <laughs> where you belong. <laughs> like, that's what's happened twice now. <laughs> like cyborg yeah, sacrificing happened three times lena landsberg tanya evinger and yana kunitskaya have all debuted in the ufc in featherweight fights against cyborg and they got fucking slaughtered all three of them yeah and that was their first fight in the ufc and then they're like okay now you can go back to 135 after you just got you know lifetime brain damage and so Nunez enjoy the rest of your stay in our promotion. Yeah, yeah. Nunez hasn't fought since Ronda, right? No, she fought a, a rematch against Shevchenko, oh. and yeah, it yeah, sucked. She didn't. It was like a fucking bullshit. Yeah, draw, it was a, right? it was a no, five round got, sparring match. Was it a draw? Or did she get the? Did she get no, it? Nunez won. Nunez won a decision. It was a five round sparring match. Like Shevchenko didn't push her at all, and. Like and Nunez, everybody was talking how Nunez would gas in a five round fight, but because Shevchenko didn't do anything for five rounds and they just like danced around and and sparred, like Nunez didn't get tired and then she was like, Oh, I told you all. I, I have good conditioning. But it's because she didn't get pushed. Like every time that she's ever gassed yeah. out in fights, like in three round fights, it's because she got pushed. And for some reason Shevchenko didn't do that. So that's all right. Shevchenko dropped down to flyweight now that the UFC made that division, and she'll be the champ there, like in probably her next fight. Who would she um, fight? Uh, well, Shevchenko. Well, 
UFC held like a season of the ultimate fighter for women in the 125 pound division. And uh, they had the winner of that show that be the champ. Okay. Who's who um, did, in dirt check? How do you say her name? Who? She was in dirt check or whatever. What the hell's her name? She's a fucking uh, bitch. Oh, oh you want a young check. You want a young check. Yeah, she was the champ and got beat. Yeah, she got knocked out by Rose Nama Yunus. That was yeah. hilarious. Like, yeah, after want, destroying everyone and being near the top of the pound-for-pound pound rankings, Rose comes in and just smacks her in the face, knocks her knocks her down, and then knocks her out in the first round. So, uh, they're actually yeah, rematching. Yeah, that girl's awesome. Yeah. yeah. How come that girl keep? why does he keep talking shit? I'm not big into oh. female MMA, so that's why I keep saying that girl. I'm gonna tell you right yeah. now, like I'm not a, a I'm not a pro when it comes to UFC women's division. So um, I'll sound a little. Well, I'll, I'll have here, a girl but... for you to check out in uh, the rest of my UFC 222 thing, um, just because okay. there, there's a reason you should check her out. But uh, but but she still continues to talk shit. And I I, mm-hmm. I saw all I I saw a bunch of the uh, like pre-fight stuff. She was like unnecessarily. Um, oh yeah, she she bought into her own hype a little bit. Yeah, but she was like being like, like a at, bully. At first like, she was like humble. not even like funny. Yeah, at first she was humble, and then after like four title defenses, she started getting cocky, and then it all came up and uh, like she was about to hey, break so- like Ronda's record, or maybe she did break it, and and then she was just saying how she was the best in the world and. Uh, she should start moving up, changing weight classes, and become multi-division champs. And and then Rose Namajunas brought her back to reality. Oh, so listen to this. I'm I, I'm Rose, playing a little Rose bit of online poker. <laughs> I want to tell you something real quick. I'm playing uh, a little online poker, and I have King Seven of Clubs and Jack Jack because I'm playing Omaha. Well, I flop, I flop Quad Jacks and a flush draw turned to flush and then hit my queen, uh, king on the t- river. <laughs> <laughs> just you literally hit everything. Or is anybody I in the hand with you? Oh yeah. Well, obviously I got, I got to. Hopefully he raises me like, cause he thinks that he's an idiot. But anyways, yeah, I didn't really like those she's treating her. And I, and I thought that that girl that knocked her ass out was very humble and almost made her like cute the way she was like super humble. Oh yeah. Uh, Rose, Rose is awesome. Like uh, I've, I've uh, been interviewing her since like her second professional fight. Um, Are you interviewing her? Oh yeah. Um, I've interviewed now, Amanda now Nunes. I've, I've uh, interviewed Cyborg. Nice. Yeah, I, let's see. Of the UFC champs right now, I've interviewed one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven. Seven of them. You've interviewed seven UFC champions. Current, current UFC champs. That's not counting like <laughs> former. Isn't that all of them? No, I mean I have not interviewed have? Daniel Cormier <laughs> or McGregor or um. I, I've never interviewed Nico Montano, the flyweight champ that won that tough season, just because I'd never heard of her yet. And she kind of came out of nowhere to win the show. Yeah. 
I probably could huh. just reach out and do that, but yeah. Now well, that, that happened, cool, man. You know, I, I go out there for like eight years interviewing everybody, like even the guys debuting, and then those guys that debut end up becoming stars. Some of them, like uh, like I, I interviewed Cody Garbrandt before when he made his UFC debut, and then now I have his contact info and he's a champ. So we should get a uh, we should get. Um... Gillespie on this show. I can reach out. I probably could. I mean, we might be yeah, a little get... late in the evening for him, but I, we could always at least like record something, depending. Yeah, depend. Where's he training out of? Uh, he's East Coast, I think. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if fighters late. have early bedtimes or not. I don't know. Well, I don't know, man. We maybe we can go a little earlier or something. I don't know. Figure yeah. out a time. I would him. I would be willing to move the episode up to interview a, a somebody on the show. For sure. Yeah, because I think that I think that uh, for sure he is worth it because I honestly think that he, he could be a champ. Like yeah, within He's a, an a reasonable amount of time. And uh, I think that he could definitely be a champ one day. I think it, you know maybe next year he can start getting into that conversation. I, I have him ranked in my top 15 now in the UFC lightweight division for uh, my official UFC rankings. And I got to imagine his next fight is going to be a little bit, you know, against a little bit better competition. And, you know, say he KOs that dude and mauls that guy. I think I mean, they just announced it, actually. Really? Yeah, hang on. Whoever he's fighting, I'm sure it's better than the last guy he fought. And yeah, he's only going to get is. better. So that, that should be fun, dude. In special. I, I want... I want to give him shit because I actually went back. It's a winnable fight for sure. But it's somebody that'll give him a a bit of a test. Pichel's 11-1. He's won four in a row in the UFC. So should be a good fight. Do you think think Aaron Pico will ever come to the UFC? Maybe. I mean, the Bellator's shown him, like, some serious love. So it depends on how loyal he is. (laughs) Because, like, Bellator has done a lot for him. Doesn't but like I would love to see yeah. him in the UFC. Hey, does UFC own Bellator? Do they have like a stake in them? No, they're a completely separate organization. Um, I mean, Bellator is owned. Thought... No, no, no. UFC used to own Strikeforce. Like they bought Strikeforce. They bought WEC back in the day. But then they just folded those companies and brought all their best fighters over to the UFC eventually. They ran like a few events with all, both of those promotions, but eventually they just brought them over. Um, now, Bellator has nothing to do with UFC. It's uh, it's owned by Viacom. So, like, they got massive backing if they want it. And it sucks because I, I think Pico's got an amazing future ahead of him. And mm-hmm. uh, it'd be, I want him to fight in the UFC. I think Bellator is like kind of like the D-League. <laughs> I mean, there's some good fighters in Bellator. Like, a lot of the UFC free agents go over to Bellator. Yeah, but top-heavy. Like, uh, yeah. It's not deep. Bellator champ. Yeah. But I just think it... I I don't know. I don't really think that... uh, I feel like... I just just feel like it's the D-League, dude, for real. I really do. 
I feel like uh, you're going to have a top heavy. The Bellator is like top heavy. I always look at their cards when like it pops up on my news feed and just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's basically the, the, the top couple fights are the, unless that they're promoting like a major event. Um, it's usually. I, I'm an, I am an uh, openly admitting to being a casual, like MMA fan. I like yeah. MMA. I know all the top guys, and I I only reason I know some of the not top guys is because I follow wrestling so closely mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of these guys are coming from like college wrestling, and I know them from that. You know what I mean? So that's the only reason I even know a lot of these guys that are like a lot of other people don't know. Is that because I'm some amazingly <laughs> you know gifted scout? It's not because I I'm you know religiously following MMA. It's just because I know them from wrestling. And uh, so I, I, I get excited about the big fights. I don't, I, you know, a lot of people you'll look in the comment section, they have like, oh, I'm really excited for this undercard fight. And dude, that's cool. But I'm not because I don't know who the fuck they are. Unless I know them like Garbrandt. I, I followed him since the minute he got into the UFC just because I know who he is. I actually talked to him personally multiple times. And same with Lance Palmer. I was friends with Lance for a while. And so, like, I know guys like that, but I don't know, like, some of these other guys that people get excited for. So, I feel like I'm kind of behind the loop on the MMA thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely not at your level where you're, you're fucking, you know, doing bet lines and shit. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> let's put it this way, I'm not betting on the UFC unless I get consulted from somebody else. Unless it's a like big me. fight. I'll do it on a big, yeah, like, I'll do it on a, on a big fight for sure. I'll bet, I'll make some bets, but, yeah pretty funny i'm more of a i'm more betting on a football guy i'll bet on myself playing poker and i'll bet on football i think football is the easiest thing to bet i think it's almost damn near impossible to bet on a uh ball and baseball and be successful long term i don't know how people do that bet like ten thousand dollars on one nba game and shit that's crazy to me like the pistons are getting 10 tonight so (laughs) Mm-hmm. What if they're up fucking, what if they're up 12, you know what I mean? And then like fouls happen at the end of the game, you know, shit like that. Or they're up like eight and then they start getting fouled and then they, they, you know, they cover the spread that way. It's just like, you never know what the hell is happening. I don't know. I just don't buy that stuff. But uh, yeah. Anyway, what else you got for right. anything? Yeah, yeah. I thought that there was a new star that uh, debuted in uh, UFC 222, Sean O'Malley, Bantamweight. Dude is slick as fuck on the feet. He is really fun to watch. Uh, but what was hilarious was he threw like a head kick like midway through the third round and fucked yeah. up his foot bad. Like, oh, I saw that. Not, I saw a picture. Could that. not stand on his foot. So... What does his retarded opponent do? Takes him down. All literally that guy <laughs> had to do was stand with O'Malley and just kick him and punch him. And O'Malley would, would be hopping on one foot. He would have won by injury TKO. Literally all he had to do, because he was down two rounds. Clearly down two rounds. And, uh, and O'Malley was just putting on this amazing performance. And then all of a sudden, golden opportunity for Andre Sukumtat and Sukumtat just starts diving at the guy at O'Malley's legs and trying to drag him to the ground. And O'Malley's just like, okay, <laughs> please, 
please take me down where it's not obvious that I'm severely injured. <laughs> like literally <laughs> when the fight was over, because uh, Sukumtot's not a ground fighter. He's a striker. That's what makes this even more retarded. The guy's a good stand-up guy. And for some reason, he just starts diving at O'Malley's legs when he sees O'Malley injured. I mean, it was hands down, I would say, number one dumbest fight IQ I've ever seen in my life. Or dumbest strategy <laughs> of all time in the history of fights. Um, O'Malley, when they go to like announce the winner for the decision, he couldn't even get up to go to that. Like he was just laying on the ground while the doctors were looking at his leg and he just raised his own <laughs> arms in the air that he won the decision. <laughs> like hey, that's super funny. Yeah. The dumbest ass award uh, goes to Andre Sukumtak. <laughs> um, who uh, saw Frankie Edgar get knocked out. This was this was sad actually because Edgar's never been finished in his career and he's always been known as the guy that if he ever does get hurt in a fight like he just bounces back and then uh, makes these crazy comebacks and and wins like he just all blood and guts and heart and Edgar was yeah. supposed to be fighting for the featherweight title at this event against Max Holloway and Holloway got hurt. So all Edgar had to do was just say, hey, I'm just going to wait for Holloway and I'll fight him when he's ready. And instead, he takes on undefeated Brian Ortega, the next top contender after Edgar, and Ortega knocks knocks his ass out in the first round. So now Edgar's so not going to. Is Ortega, he's undefeated? Yeah. Okay, I like he's him. He's like 12-0. and 0. Maybe thirteen and I only like fourteen and zero. I, I I like undefeated fighters. I don't like people that lose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Ortega a big fan of losing. Oh, and one. He had a one fight turned into a no contest because I think he tested positive for like something. Uh, well, <laughs> what a surprise! It was a banned substance. But yeah, man, I I, I gotta say, oh, it was it was a pretty serious steroid, drostanolone. So, yep. And then, no, this is the thing I wanted to bring up for you that you'll enjoy. It's uh, a women's strawweight uh, fighter debuted in the UFC. She was the preliminary card headliner. Her name's Mackenzie Dern. And this girl is fucking thick, Sharples. She look good. You, she's got some ass. All right. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. We need more of this talk. I got to so, look her up. What's her name? Uh, Mackenzie Dern here. I'm uh, sending you a couple gifts. Check out. Mackenzie Dern. Oh, she's the top fucking. Yeah, she, she, does. Is, uh, she looks good. World-class Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist that is transitioning to mixed martial arts. She's undefeated as well. But, I mean, she's still got a long ways to go. Uh, like, on the ground, she's one of the best. But her stand-up, while she has power, I mean, she's not very technical yet. She just kind of wings punches. But, um, yeah. Um, she is in the black Dude, trunks and the uh, things I'm sending yeah, you. I'm looking at it right now. That's uh, audience is like, Where, where's Brandon? Yeah, I'm not talking right now because I'm staring at this hot-ass Brazilian She's Brazilian, right? She's not Brazilian. She's actually she American, kind of Brazilian. trained by Brazilians, 
So she like has a Portuguese accent. <laughs> so, but she like so grew up like in California. Dude, that's so funny. But oh, yeah, I like there are some awesome photos out there of Mackenzie Dern. She is a good looking girl. She's and uh yeah. She uh yeah, she she's got some jiggle in her in a good way. So, I'm going to be looking forward to every time that she fights. Yeah, dude. You got to let me know when she's on a car. She looks pretty good, man. She definitely got some nice titties, nice ass. She's looking great. Yeah. You, you don't always uh, see that on uh, like UFC fighters because they like work out so much that like the ass and uh, titties like disappear. Yeah. It's all muscle. <laughs> oh man, it's funny. But, yeah, she's yeah, she's got some uh, some jiggle in a in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Dude, yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's a, that should be a gem, Mackenzie Dern's ass. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Hell yeah. Oh man. Dude, yeah. I tell you what, don't fucking play online poker. Anybody, anybody that just don't play it. It is, it is fucking a fraud. It's an absolute fraud. Do you want to hear about this hand? I have All king right, five five ace. I flop, I flop a fucking set, and the guy has aces, and I'll, he has a case ace. Is the only way he can beat me. And guess what? Smokes it. Bink bink. Here's your case ace. I don't want to talk about this shit. That's my rant for the day. Don't play fucking online poker. It's rigged as fuck. It's already been proven. I already talked about this in the previous episode. Just don't do it. And then you rigged. did it anyway. Yeah, as I want to make money. It's easy. As long as you can bypass the fake Russian bots <laughs> and bypass people that are super users, you can make a lot of money because people are stupid and they're not as smart as I am because not a lot of people are. So fuck this, goddamn, goddamn. Ugh, I'm so mad. All right. All right. Anyway, I do have one last I, I'm gem. I'm done for the night. So. Okay, let me let me get what one last that? gem in and then we'll uh, roll out of here. All right, and today's hen, Hems Gem is The Tick. You may remember it from uh, the animated TV series, like the Goofy Superhero. I think Fox had a live-action version briefly, but Amazon's really been pushing it hard. And I watched the first bit of it, and I thought it was really good. And they uh, completed the first season um, recently, like over the last uh, week or so. It came out on Amazon. And it's it's really fun. Like it's got good humor, it's got good action. Like it's just entertaining. It tells an interesting story. So I highly recommend people check out the Tick. It is nice. worth your while. So that is my gem for the week. All right. Sounds good to me. Well, I'm all done. I'm fucking steaming. All right. So you guys can check us out on the At Odds Podcast YouTube channel, our SoundCloud page, our Facebook page. Check out Belly Up Sports Facebook page, bellyupsports.com, twitter.com slash bellyupsports, and 
Uh, is there anything else you want people to check out that I'm forgetting? No, that's good. All right, that's we'll, good. We'll be we'll, wait, we're we're going to have our videos up, you know, shortly. As soon as I get this one, I filmed, edited. We should have it up mm -hmm. this week sometime. Oh. So, and don't forget to vote in the finals of the hot or the the semifinals of the hottest softball team right now. What is it, Mississippi? Running away with oh, it? Oh yeah, but Florida, Florida, no, Florida State starting that starting to get in there. Florida too. State, hey, coming let me tell strong. you. If anybody that listens to this know anything about Baylor softball, I want to say this right now. Fuck Baylor softball and fuck that entire rapist culture, fucking shitty ass, cock sucking <laughs> university. Fuck Damn. you, Baylor. Hey, remember when you guys had a decent run at football for like two years? Yeah, you suck dick now. Fuck you. And most importantly, fuck Baylor softball. They blocked our social media account on our uh, from doing anything with them because they were offended about the fact that they they even fucking won. Baylor softball won the Big 12 hottest team vote, and then they blocked us from social media. So I'm banning their ass. They are not part of the vote. And anybody that votes for them, I'm going to cancel that vote. So don't waste your vote on Baylor. I'm not allowing them to do that. <laughs> they do not get to block us on our just-for-fun poll Act. You know, don't be going high horse when you're – I think what happened is they have such a, a a slutty rapist culture that I don't think they want to be associated with this the sexist poll we just decided to make. So, yeah, I'm going to go oh, a little Jesus. rant there. Fuck Baylor. Uh, we're, you know okay. what? Clip this, and then I'm going to fucking tag Baylor. <laughs> I'm going to do that. All so, right. yeah, middle finger well, to Baylor. I know what will cheer you up. I know what will cheer you up. Mega Man. Mega Man.